Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the hijinks. I've got a trig midterm tomorrow and I'm being chased by Guido, the killer pimp. The opportunities. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. And the wisdom. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, what do you got in here, rocks? Are you kidding? When I was your age, I would lug 50 pounds of ice up five, six flights of stairs. So what? So what? So let's dance. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And finally, after years of waiting, I get an interview with Ross Valerie of Journey. So hold tight, hold tight. Ooh, baby, hold tight. Oh, she said, Total ecstasy, my friends. With me as always, but not during the interview, and that's why he's the one who's crying now. My good friend, Times Pop Music critic, Sean Daly. Hey, I just didn't want to get in your way. I knew how special this show was for you. You've been talking about this one for years. The culmination of Stephen Q. Spears and Stuck in the 80s happens today on this show. It did happen today. I say the name Ross Valerie and I get chills. 103. That's it. You're staying in bed. Ross Valerie is one of the two remaining original founding members of the band. I did not know that. Can you name the other? Neil Sean. Yeah, good guess. Uh, it wasn't a guess. It was knowledge. <laughs> knowledge. Since when has that ever crept into your <laughs> repertoire? <laughs> you were very excited about today. Uh, uh, it took you a while to get this interview. Years. I'm not kidding. Years. I've been after them for years trying to get someone to talk to me. Uh, the Finally got it today. The, uh, the band journey is touring crisscrossing the United States up through October. They're supporting their new album, Revelation. Which I gave a uh, A plus review. Uh, a plus, plus plus plus. I love it. They are playing here in Tampa on July thirtieth with Heart and Cheap Trick. You will be there, tenth row. I will not. I want the Mark Knopfler show. That's so pathetic. No, it's not, man. I'm dying to see Knopfler. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever to you. God, it's gonna be an epic night. I can't wait. I overuse the word epic. I've been told. <laughs> yes, you do. It's sad. I overuse the word Funyuns, I've been told. Yeah, that, that also is true. Uh, we asked, so let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, sure. So, you know, you're, uh, you're 51 years old, and for years you've wanted to talk to Journey, and yet you know that you have a small window in which to ask questions to, to Mr. Ross Valerie. How did you whittle down years of questions, of longing, of probing, of wondering? How did you decide which pivotal questions to ask? Look, you obviously don't know anything about intelligence work, lady. It's an XK Red 27 technique. Uh, witchcraft. Witchcraft, yeah. I'm excited to hear your interview. I got about half my questions in. Just yeah. so you know, I didn't get them all in. Um, Ross is a talkative guy, and I love to hear his stories. And he had a lot to say about Steve Perry, about the new singer Arnel Panetta, and about the album Revelation. I asked him what his favorite song was from the new uh, album, 
and he gave me a Huey Lewis type answer. He's like, I surly. He, he says, I hate that question. Well, you fell into the trap, my friend. But he finally did confess that his favorite song is my favorite song, this one, After All These Years. After all these years, you stood by me the days and nights that I was gone. After all these years, you sacrificed, believed in me, and you stood true. Ballad. Where does where do you rank that in terms of faithfully open arms? I'd say best ballad since faithfully. Wow. Pro- probably if if we were going to do a top five journey songs, which we will. Yes, at the end of the show, we'll do a very controversial top five journey song. Will after all these years be on the list? I think it might make it in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I know what song you kicked off. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, about that. Well, I'm really excited to hear your interview with Ross Valerie, as are the hundreds and thousands of Stuck in the 80s listeners. So why don't we fire it up? Here we go. Well, here we are. Shoot, brother. You know, my earliest memory of uh, any date in the 80s is the date of October 22nd, 1981, because I saw my first ever concert, and it was Journey in Lakeland at the Civic Center. That was the uh, the first or second leg of the Escape Tour. Yeah, it was, and it was an amazing show. I mean, it's I can't remember too many dates in my life other than my birthday and October twenty second, nineteen eighty one. Well, there you go. It, we must have done something right that night, huh? It was incredible. In fact, um, what's what's such a thrill is when you guys came back out with. Um, it was a couple years ago. You. You released the um, concert DVD of that tour. I guess it was when you were playing yes, in Houston. Yes, it was just about a year and a half ago for, uh, from a performance out of Texas. Yeah. I probably watched that a half dozen times the first week I owned it, and it was, it was just like being there again. It was, it was such a nice treat to have that. Well, great. Thank you, Steve. The, um, now, you're playing in Tampa on July 30th with Heart and Cheap Trick. That's a... Actually, I like to tell people they're playing with us, but we are in very good company. They are—it's really great chemistry. Not only uh, as as uh, people from the same uh, genre, but everyone gets along right. And and the, uh, the there's a lot of music going on that night, as there has been uh, with our tour that's already begun. Yeah, it's a great combination. One of probably one of the best yet. I was going to ask how 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 does a lineup like that come about? Is do you guys pitch around ideas of who you'd like to tour with? Well, actually, through our management, uh, the 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 pitches are thrown long before tour planning. In fact, we'd approached Hart uh, for the tour that we ended up doing with um, co-headlining with. Uh, uh, Def Leppard, but they weren't going out that year. There's all kinds of artists we've pitched that have declined, but this has been, uh, this has been, I think, one of the best combinations we've done yet. In ter- not only in terms of the musical chemistry, the performance level, um, audience satisfaction, but internally things are just really cool. This thing moves right along, and there's a lot going on in that stage in between acts to clear and reassemble for the next show, and uh, things have gone really smoothly. And uh, crowds have been real happy so far. I bet I've 
been told that every show so far is sold out. Yeah, no doubt the one here will be as well. The uh, now that that's a great thing. I mean, and that's a great for you know the the vibe of an audience, and of course for the pocketbooks of the people to put on the show. But it also reflects a very popular uh, time for us and for Heart and Cheap Trick as well. So Does it surprise you like it surprises me that neither Journey nor Heart is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I'm not surprised at all. In fact, uh, here's here's uh, here's how that's viewed from our end, at least even from my end. Um, we would not have been at the San Francisco Walk of Fame that's you know at the Bill Graham Center there in San Francisco if it had not been for the fans. But if, if it wasn't for the fans... Uh, Journey fans, either organized or in general, we wouldn't have uh, gotten placed as as soon as we did there in San Francisco. Likewise, if it were not for the Journey fans, we may not yet be at the Walk of Fame in Hollywood. So, there's no surprise (laughs) that we have yet to arrive in Cleveland. I don't lose sleep over it. Uh, You know... It's all politics. Yeah. And uh, without being either negative or positive about it, it's just politics. And sooner or later, it's going to happen. I have a feeling it's going to happen sooner, but I'm still not going to hold my breath. <laughs> yeah. I, when uh, when the nominations came out this year and it had uh, Madonna listed, I, I just about went crazy. I, yeah, yeah, wait a minute. It, that's fine. Madonna it deserves it. You think? I mean, but, I don't think. Uh, the, didn't she sort of happen after we did, or am I oh, yeah. still too sleepy? Oh no, no. She was she was years after. Yeah, I, yeah. There you go. But my thing is that she, I don't think of Madonna as being rock and roll. No, I don't either. I really don't. But nonetheless, it's you know that's a general term, rock and roll hall of fame, or, or whatever, walk of fame, or whatever. Yeah, but. Uh, there you go, Steve. I understand. So the new album is Revelation. Yes. And I got to admit, the day that it came out, I was at Walmart. I bought it literally when the doors opened because I had to have it. Oh, I okay. All right. So you're one of those people waiting for the Game Boy, <laughs> yeah. right? Not the Game Boy. The Journey album, yes. The Game Boy, no. PlayStation, but whatever. Yeah. I got it home. I got it home and I listened to it. And I, I was amazed. I, I thought it was, it's a fantastic collection. Thank you. I mean, it's something we're uh, definitely very proud of in m- many respects. One is it represents this new singer of ours, Arnel Pineda. It represents uh, uh, what uh, what uh, Walmart had proposed from the beginning, re-recording the greatest hits in the studio. Uh, boy, that could could have been a really tall order. 
uh, it turned out not to be because of Arnell's talents. And the fact that it's a three-disc album for what did you pay for it, Steve? Twelve bucks, eleven or twelve dollars? Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably including tax, it was a little more than twelve. Now, when was the last time you got something like that? Nineteen eighty-seven, uh, maybe. <laughs> for for that amount of money, yeah. and then you have to convert the dollar value from eighty-seven, and it still wasn't twelve bucks. Then, exactly. You know? Exactly. According to today's <laughs> currency, currency, currency exchange uh, yeah. factor or whatever, yeah. There you go. So it was Walmart's idea to to record the the old classics again. Yes, and, and, and actually, initially their their thing was uh, we want to hear you guys re-record the stuff in the studio, and maybe a few new songs and some live footage. Well, <laughs> it turned out you know the 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 disc of of the uh, re-recorded material is there plus an entire other disc of new material plus a complete performance done really, really early by my view done very early in this band's career with Arnell. I mean, that's just right out of the box. I mean, that was, I think maybe the fourth or fifth performance we'd ever done as a band. We'd gone to Chile and done two shows before that. And we'd done one, Private show, one corporate show, and yeah. I think that the the Vegas uh, live Vegas HD DVD is I think our fourth or fifth show. I uh, I think it was shot at Planet Hollywood. Um, I've seen it maybe a dozen times already. Right. I uh, I'm amazed how how incredible the band has seemed. You know, it's Arnell steps in there and it's like you haven't missed a beat. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of spooky. I mean, and and as it is with Arnell, he really only had five or six of our songs in his repertoire as we had found him uh, performing in a cover band in in Asia. And so it's not like it was a big deal, but he actually had to brush up on quite a few more, which didn't take him long at all. I mean, he was familiar with them, but he didn't have them down as he had five or six of them. Uh, And uh, it's just pretty amazing how quickly things have developed. And of course, with the amount of energy, as well as how well he does with his singing, the amount of energy uh, that's infused into the performance is quite... uh, Contagious. Were you? Uh, were you? What was your personal reaction when you saw him for the first time sing some of these songs in front of you? Um, it continued. The reaction was uh, it continued from that first point in all the way through the uh, the recording of the album, which was uh, goosebumps. You know, where the hair stands up on your arm. That is, if you have hair in your arms, uh, some people don't like having hair in their <laughs> arms, but you, think you know what I mean. And that's the way it was for all of us. It was like, oh my goodness. Now, do you, do you think having someone like Arnell on board now, does that sort of put to rest the questions about Steve Perry returning to the band? Uh, no, it doesn't. It, it does indirectly, but Steve Perry's not returning to the band is it uh, has to do with other issues but yes in terms of with the fans and and for 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 the public yes that does put it to rest it really does i mean um even if we hadn't found arnell it was would not have been any more likely than it has been since 1996 yeah. that he would return to the band uh 
uh, in the meantime, it was just also ironic, I mean, just very timely, not ironic, but very timely, that when we were putting together this proposal with Walmart, that we didn't have a singer at that point. And Neil Sean, our guitarist, was cruising the net literally late one night and literally in the 11th hour in terms of um, uh, completing our uh, our uh, lineup in order to do the record, at least when we wanted to do it. I think you know, if we hadn't found our and had gone with someone else, it might have taken longer, but we would have done the album. But the point was it was all in the 11th hour, and he's cruising the net, and somehow he... Googled or you know, he was at YouTube, I think already, and he just typed in, you know, Journey singers or something, Journey vocalists, and there he is watching this guy sing these songs, just pretty much like you've heard them, with a little less fidelity because the streaming and the video quality that was presented for the YouTube site. But and it was just he couldn't believe it, and of course he gets a hold of immediately emails. Arnell, through the gentleman that had provided the, the video, said he saw. And, of course, Arnell doesn't think, oh, this is a joke. It can't be. But the guy talks him into responding. And then they get on the phone, Neil and Arnell. And within a month or so, he was over for his first time in the United States with a very quickly assembled uh, visa approval uh uh, an audition with the band, and then within another month and a half or so, he was back recording with us. So it's been like boom, 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 like things fell into place at the right time, at the right place, and here we go. Yeah, I when yeah, I was I was surprised. Exciting. Yeah, when I when I heard the new stuff, I, I I almost expected to hear a different Arnell. He sounds the same. I got to ask you from the new album. Do you have any songs that? Uh, What's your personal favorite songs from the from the new material that we saw? You know what? I hate that question. I don't hate it, but you know, it's like I, I can't make up my mind. See, um, from the very get go, after all these years. Oh, thank you. We, we knew <laughs> that you know that's the first uh, song that I'd brought home a rough mix to my wife. She just went off the top, and she, you know, like anybody else who's been in the midst of the band's uh, career for many years was skeptical, but she just was blown away by that. Yeah. And um, after all these years, uh, gee, uh, change for the better, which is also in our our, uh, our set list, by the way, nice. is an, another favorite. But, you know, there's just a whole bunch of great tunes. If, uh, if you hadn't said, after all these years, I was going to throw that in there, because I, I really well, think that's it's... the other aspect, Steve, about what's happening on this round is that uh, before when we've released albums, be it uh, Generations or Red 13 or Arrival, we never got airplay. Uh, we, you know, be to the, the bigger stations or the syndications that handle classic rock. Yeah. And they go, this stuff's great, but we, we don't... We we can't play new stuff. We only play old stuff. Well, somehow, <laughs> on this round, we're getting airplay, actually getting placement in, in two formats, one for uh, uh, after all these years and the other for uh, Never Walk Away. So that's something new as well.
you uh, you talked about former members of the band. Uh-huh. The um, you worked with uh, Steve Smith and Greg Raleigh with uh, the Storm. I just want to know: Do you still keep in touch with them? I I, I hear from Greg just once in a while. Uh, Smith, I uh, as well once in a while, maybe two or three times a year. Uh, Smith returned to his jazz career after the Storm. He actually only recorded the first album with us. Um, and then he returned once again to his jazz career after the brief uh, reunion in 96, Trial by Fire, with Steve Perry and the rest of us. Greg Raleigh has been active. He's got his own band and has done a few things in the Santana reunion shows, and I think there was a brief tour a few years back. Uh, I just don't keep up with him. haven't heard much from him. Yeah. But he's living in Texas, bought himself a horse ranch, and I'm sure he's still got them big cowboy boots. <laughs> that uh, the internet and iTunes, does it help a band like Journey, or does it kind of hinder a band like Journey? I am not sure. You know, and you could probably throw out there what your thoughts are, and I would have some way to react, but I'm not sure. I really don't know. I think Journey's based its popularity from the get-go on its ability to perform what was heard on the album. You know, I mean, that's the bottom line yeah. mechanics of it. I and mean, of course, you have to, one would need or hopefully have a taste for that kind of music in order to, for you to get that far. But And as it has been since we reformed without all of the original members in 1998, our success has been based on performance and ticket sales and that kind of thing. Uh, gee, now we're on the radio with new material. And I'm not sure how to answer your question. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, because the fans are so important. What do you think? I think the internet helps with the fan base, keeping the fan yeah. base together like a commi- like a community. I think um, right, right, like the forums, right, and, yeah, and the, I mean, all the places where you can blog, et right. Yeah, you know, but you've got your own uh, you've got your own personal website, but you also have a fan website that's just dedicated to you. Yeah, and uh, so that helps. I think I think with. Um, you know, I think back in the the '70s and early '80s, I think the Journey is being an album-oriented band, and it's now it's now not an album-oriented world anymore. But no, no, not but, at all. But I mean, I, I'd like to think that a lot of the 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 good stuff that's happened with Revelations come from the buzz on the internet. So, so it's sort of like a you know a give and take, maybe. It's I think a combination of things, including that. Now, I, I wouldn't know how to apportion the the influence from the internet and from having airplay and from just word of mouth. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, of course, the internet is great at spreading news, whether it's true or not, like any form of media has been. But it's a Cinderella story. I mean, all-American band finds a singer in Manila. How can they do that? Well, not only can they do that, they just did that. It's like, wait a minute, you found this guy on YouTube? I mean, even Rolling Stone that's never liked this band has a story, you know? It's the perfect story. Um, 
and that's not to be glib or superficial about it. It's just truly the perfect story for a band's comeback. So there you go, my long-awaited interview with Ross Valerie. Well done, my friend. Thanks. You know what I liked is how you asked about Steve Perry without really asking about Steve Perry, you know? You asked him, does this finally put you know the rumors to rest? I thought that was the best part of the interview, and where he says, yeah, with the band it does, with the, with the audience, no. I mean, you know, that, they're always going to get that, but they feel like a, a true unit now. There, there's something about this band and Steve Perry that... I'm afraid you can never separate the two completely. I mean, you look at some of the other bands throughout the years that have had changes in lead singers, like ACDC had Bon Scott and then Brian Johnson. Well, now no one's pining. I mean, people still pine for Bon Scott, but you know, you know, sadly he's dead. Brian Johnson's who they've got. Um, you look at uh, Van Halen, where you had David Lee Roth and you had Sammy Hagar. Now it's back to David to to, to David Lee Roth, and you, you don't see. I don't think in my mind. That same division among the fans, that same passion for one singer over the other. But for some reason, I mean, uh, Journey's had a lot of lead singers besides Steve Perry. I mean, there was one or two singers before him, and there have been two or three after him. But yet, you never hear, you cannot talk about Journey without talking about Steve Perry. Yeah, I think that if Steve Perry were to come back, which isn't going to happen for a lot of reasons, probably the voice is back, you know. I don't think he can come back and do the songs like they, they should be done. But if he did come back, in a perfect world, in the dream world, I think you would see them put about 20,000 people into each stadium on their own. I think it would be a humongous, gigantic tour. People who didn't care about, who haven't cared about Journey for 20 years would care about them again. Yeah. Now, my, my contention with, with Arnel Pineda is, and I've said it before, I think, when we talked about the new music of the summer, is that of all the performers that they've brought in since Perry, uh, Arnel is the one that, to me, captures the magic that, that Perry had. I mean, Perry had more than a voice. And it didn't hurt that he was a fabulously great-looking guy. I mean, with... Steve Perry? Yeah, he was a good-looking guy. Did you People, say fabulously great-looking? Fabulously looking? good-looking. <laughs> He's a great-looking guy. I, well, would, really? I, would, I would not... I thought he was a little uh, Weasley, a little no, mousy-looking. No. no, he's unique. I think you look like a chipmunk. <laughs> doesn't, that doesn't make you any less handsome. I am, I am fabulously good-looking. Steve yeah. Perry was a little mousy, a little, little scrungy. He looked like someone you might see oh, a carny right now. A carny, if you will. Oh. No BS. That is not true. Right now, women are like, you know, Sean's kind of right about that. Trust me. Right. You now, know what game? Uh, you know what? Steve Perry looks like he should be guessing your weight. <laughs> this is. So but he's wrong. a fantastic frontman. I listen. I'm just speaking the gospel, baby. Know, I'm just saying. Journey has this has has had this problem for years, and I like to think that maybe you know. Maybe they can finally put it on the back burner with, with Panetta on, on board. We'll see. I'll, I'll get a chance to see him because I will be in the audience for the, the July 30th uh, show here at the Fort Amphitheater. Uh, Sean will not. He'll be indulging his Dire Straits uh, fetish. Here's my thing. You have been incredibly supportive of Journey. Yeah. You've been amazing, with the, especially the new incarnation of Journey. However, if Steve Perry came back as the front man, you would lose your proverbial... Shit, you would. You would go crazy. I would, but you would demand that the St. Pete Times put this above the fold <laughs> 1A front page story. Perry no. returns to Journey. No. You can stop, subhead, you can stop believing or whatever. Stop I don't know. 
That makes no sense. Whatsoever. I know. I just got. I got a, a froth. Let it go. The, uh, no, you know, it'd be it'd be a good story, but uh, you know, it'd be the ultimate. I've always. I think I've said this before. Perry returns a journey, which won't happen, and that's a shame. Uh, and then uh, Dennis DeYoung returning to sticks, and Gina Wait, Vivanetto returning to stuck in the eighties. Get ready, you're sorry, chipmunk ass. <laughs> Anyway, without further ado, we did mention that we had our our own personal top five journey song list, and I gotta admit, Sean and I uh, we had to go a couple rounds before we hammered this one out. Yes, I, you actually really came after me. I I wanted to put one song on here, and you used a really awful, horrible word to describe me, and then we had to kick it off there. If that word, and then I attacked one of your choices, which of course all your sycophantic listeners are going to love yours and hate <laughs> mine, but that's just the way it goes. Yeah, sadly that's true. But well, that we'll is- discuss those as we go along, right? Correct. Number five. Don't stop believing. I can't believe you put this at number five. I put it at number five. Yeah, I didn't even want it on the top five. You're an idiot for then not you, wanting you it in the top five. It's me. the best known but then song. Then you kissed me. Then you slapped me again. Yeah, well, you like that's why you like it. People are going to be furious that Don't Stop Believing is at number five. They'll be more outraged than when we put In the Air tonight on our number th- <laughs> number three and our Phil Collins top five. But um, but here you go. And you agree with this top five, do you? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with it at number five. Hey, there's not such. A, there's no such thing as a bad top five list when it comes to a band like Journey, but don't stop believing. I think even when I heard it the first time, I wasn't as in love with it as a lot of people are. I mean, I like it today. And I, I like the fact that it's got such legs. It became extremely iconic. However, a little trivia: it did not reach number one. It did not on the on the rock charts. Do you know where it reached? Uh, eight or nine? It was eight. You're right. Yeah, eight. The uh, it it charted again. I believe, after uh, it appeared as on the finale of The Sopranos. Well, it went gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. wasn't it the number one song on iTunes? It was, I believe. Yeah, it's been on uh, it's been How did on people not own that? That's what I want to know. Yeah, what were you thinking? Didn't like everyone own it already? What were you buying? I mean, were, were young kids buying this? Probably. That would have been a good story. But uh, no, I mean, it, it's, it's a great song. You know, when I saw him play it, and I mentioned this to, to Ross during the show, there's only a few dates in my life I can remember, one of which is October 22nd, 1981, when Journey played in Lakeland. It was the first concert I ever saw. And back then they had the shtick where during Don't Stop Believing, they would change the name of the town in the beginning to whatever town they were in. So, so it oh, suddenly so became a girl down here in Lakeland and stuff <laughs> like that. Instead of what, South Detroit? Detroit, yeah. Instead of Detroit. So, uh, that's Lakeland. Lakeland. <laughs> quick hit the hit the button, you know, and it starts. Nobody there. is pining for any of the girls in Lakeland, trust oh, me. Oh, that's no. not true. I feel confident knowing we have no listeners there. That's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> I think then we should attack Lakeland as our next uh our big our next metro market. Yeah. Yeah, trust me. There's no metro and there's no market. All Hence, right. There's no metro market. Come on, I want the next one. Number four. Aha! This one could have been number one. Could have been. I love this song. When this song comes on the radio, let me tell you this right now. When Don't Stop Believing comes on the radio, five times out of ten, I'm going to change it. Okay? 
I'm not going to stick around. I heard it this morning and I let it play. Any way you want it, anytime it's on the radio, anytime I hear it anywhere, it stays on. I love it. That should be our phone, uh, our phone uh, tone. What people call the stuck in the 80s A ringtone? Ringtone, yeah, chipmunk baby. <laughs> Why? What's with the chipmunk thing today? Is that new? You love it. You want to play with know. it? The more I look at you, though, the more I see a furry rodent. <laughs> So anyway, any way you want it, actually peaked at number 23 on the charts back in 1980 off the Departure album, which I believe was the first Journey album I ever owned. Yeah, Epic Legacy remastered all these last year, and they sent them all to me. How are they? uh, Really, really good. There's some really good bonus stuff on there. This is one of the few songs that actually appears on every live album that Journey has released to date. So they love doing it, too. They must. How's Arnell's version? I've heard it. It's on the uh, it's on the new Revelation. It's one of the eleven is it tracks. Is delicious? Yes, it is. Every song that he did redid sounds great in my mind. Uh, according to Steve Perry, from what I've read, the song was influenced by the Irish rock band Thin Lizzy. Interesting. Did not know that they toured with him in uh, 1979, and the the scheme of the song kind of played out as the bands were rehearsing together at times. That's pretty cool. So there you go. I of course love it as uh, Rodney Dangerfield's. Unofficial theme song in uh, Caddyshack. If that wasn't a classic movie on its own, on its own regard, and on its own, that song pushes it over the top. That is that song is like the fulcrum of Caddyshack. Yeah. It's such an ebullient moment. You know, it's impossible like not to feel good when that happens. You know, and it sounds like they speeded it up just half a beat. Interesting. But I'm not sure. I couldn't find that. But if you listen to it, just a half a beat faster. Are you ready for number three? Yes. Controversial number three. Number three. Total ecstasy, my friend. Yeah, really an underrated track off Escape. When I was listening to Escape again, I mean, it's like six or seven deep. And I think I appreciate more of the album cuts now off Escape than the um, the more obvious ones. But yeah. this is a great, great song. It got to number 19 in the charts. I swear I don't ever remember hearing this on the radio. Yeah, never. Um, so how it got to 19 is, is beyond me. When they used to play this live, now if you go back, you can still buy it today. Uh, Journey released a concert DVD of their Escape Tour from 1981. It's filmed in Houston. It's great. It, I have that. Do, you do. I and think you it, stole my copy. No, I have a copy, my own copy. Trust yeah, me, it's in my sure. player as we speak. Look at the disc. I bet it says Sean Daly on it. <laughs> Imprinted. The uh, They play Still They Ride in the show, and Steve Perry just wails. grabs it and wails on it. You can tell he loves that song. You know what I wanted for number three? I like this song, but I wanted... Uh, Send her my love. Uh, why? Send her my love, Spearsy. I can't stand that song. I, I what? No. It's so the prickly, like Prick. atmospheric beginning. You got part of that, right? How can you not like that song? Send her my love. It doesn't. It does nothing I, for me. This is the the lone time and stuck in the eighties history when listeners 
Our, more listeners are siding with me than with you. They're aghast right now. They're aghast and shocked. You know what I wanted? Lights. Oh, I like lights. Yeah. Maybe f- or top 10. If not lights. Don't even say it. Wheel in the sky. Oh, God. <laughs> Swear to God. Wheel in the sky is one of my, my most hated songs ever. Wheel in the sky. It's terrible. Turning, 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 turning. I loved it. Oh, it's so clunky and hairy, knuckly, uh, uh, turgid. It's great great in concert. I don't give a crap what it is in concert. It's a terrible song. Really, if you had my top ten most hated songs of all time, Spando Ballet's true. No, no, no. Come on. Let me finish my thought. You know, and I'm telling you, then Wheel in the Sky is like number seven on my most hated. I can't believe you have like a list, a mental list that you access. Because I'm, 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 I'm tortured and I'm disturbed. <sighs> but Wheel in the Sky is crap. Uh, right? Folks, the address is sdaily at sptimes.com. Oh, I mean, that's ridiculous. Center of he, My Love is this beautiful he song. He doesn't even have a your, virus checker on To your checker soul. It's this searing, beautiful love song that just it, it penetrates your heart. And you like the giant turd in the punch bowl that is Wheel in the Sky. I don't get it. I don't get it with you, Spears. History will absolve me. <laughs> you ready for the next one? Yes, finally. Number two. Fantastic ballad. Love it. Written My uh, favorite ballad of theirs. Yeah. Written by a keyboard player, Jonathan Kane. The great Jonathan Kane. I think he re recorded it as a solo artist and released it and it climbed the charts again with him. He's got a great voice. He's got a great voice. Yeah. Um a hugely popular prom song in the nineteen eighties. I like the video. Do you remember the video? It's kind of like a backstage view of Journey, like yeah. on the road and live. And I always thought that it made like is ultimate rock star moment. You know, the it weary, was. the weary rock star after a show. I love it. It's a great video. Probably top ten personal favorite videos. And what's really weird is Steve Perry with a stash. <laughs> That's like Steve Spears with a stash. Oh man, which is more disturbing, Steve Perry with a stash Perry. or Steve, Steve Spears? With and then, stash. It, then it has that scene, you know, where he's got it all suds up and he's ready to shave it off because I guess the tour's about to start so uh, he has to shave off Steve Perry with a mustache looks like a porn star slash Carney <laughs> slash Carney guesses your weight during the day Steve this is not true is this your favorite uh, Journey ballad yeah yeah I'd, I'd put uh, it's up there and they have so many good ballads Lights is a great ballad yeah um, where, where, do you, where do you draw the line I mean they, they were really good with the ballads they just were it's good make out music and I, yeah, very good. In like a fake wood paneling sort of way. You're you know, talking about my bedroom again, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. The boudoir, the Spears boudoir. You know? Anyway, we've teased people long enough. This was a unanimous this number is, one. This we is have, a no-brainer. If you've listened to the show uh, uh, throughout the years, you know that Steve and I have talked about this is one of our favorite songs of all time. Yeah. Uh, not an obvious song, but a great one. And one of the great opening guitar lines. Yep. All right, play it, my friend. Number one. Those crazy nights I do remember in my youth. I do recall those were the best times 
Right now, all across Stuck in the 80s Nations, people are yelling at us. No, they're not, because people love Stone and Love, too. It's a beautiful, great song. It's one of the most perfect <laughs> songs ever. <laughs> a great Friday night song. As you're getting ready, you're splashing on your, uh, you know, your high karate or whatever you like to uh, use. Windex. You're lighting, you're lighting your 18-wick candle. Um, great Friday night song, Stone and Love. Uh, off the Escape album, peaked at number 13. For some reason, I thought this had peaked higher. I thought it was a, I thought it was a higher ranked song. Well, I'm, I, actually, that looks kind of high to me. I didn't even know this was a big radio hit. It was on the radio a lot. Yeah. And uh, they still play it. Obviously, it's in every, uh, I believe it's on every set, every concert set list that they do. It's almost like the Steve Spears theme song. Why? Those crazy nights I do remember in my youth. I do recall those were the best times most of all. In the heat with a blue jean girl, burning love comes once in a lifetime. She found me singing by the railroad track, took me home, we danced by moonlight. Yeah. All right, man, we love not so much of the railroad track, but I do recall those were the best times most of all. That's the Steve Spears anthem, baby. It's a stuck in the 80s anthem. Spears in love. Yeah, that'll never happen again. So look at that. That's a pretty good top five. I like it. Now, there's going to be people who, did want, who would, would like to have seen open arms there. Eh, I, I've heard it enough. Yeah, I've heard it enough, too. And Faithfully is much, much better. Oh, yeah. than it's much open more arms. complex. I mean, uh, it's much more thought out. It means it means more, uh, but uh, open arms. If they play it uh, on July on July thirtieth, I'll probably go get a beer. Really? Yeah. No, you won't. Yeah. If they play if they play send her my love, send her my. That's a great song. I'm gonna get a lot of people. I may have to go do that. number two. No, it's awful. Let it go. Stop it. Yeah, they're really people, watching you. Play people are gonna run in. Time. They're gonna be like, "Where with Daly on this one?" SD. No. <laughs> no. The chipmunk. <laughs> that should have been your call sign. Hey, folks, that's all we've got. Uh, if you're not, if you're in town and you're gonna hang out at Journey, come say hi to me. I'll be or there. Or if somewhere. you're at Mark Knopfler, come see Shawnee Boy. Ah, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, in the meantime, Sean Daly, myself, Ross Valerie, and Journey, hopelessly stuck in the '80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for providing music for the credits. Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. <laughs>